Hello, everyone. We have a special announcement today. We have released an audiobook for Rachel Lindley's full novel-length adaptation of the adventure A Bully Good Time on Audible.com. This is great news. Now you can put on your headphones or turn up your speakers and experience this bayou-delving adventure as spoken word. Here is the back of the book, and then a brief excerpt. I'll play you the audio sample. The back of the book. Frogs, boats, and beignets. The fire-breathing kittens venture to the south of the fantasy world of Guasso to investigate a missing persons case. There's Pidge, a plucky gnome with shape-shifting magic. Mocha, an angel's daughter with miraculous healing powers. And Manford, a nihilist and would-be scoundrel with a heart of gold. Within a world of vine-choked cypress and murky water, the three discover unlikely allies, strange philosophies, and danger. They must triumph against the swamp before they disappear themselves. In her debut novel, Rachel Lindley offers a tale of exploration, mystery, and friendship, where the next good thing might be waiting a few steps beyond the river's edge. Here is a brief audio sample. Chapter 1 the riverboat. It was a lively scene on board the Delta Queen. The relative quiet of the Bayou River was interrupted by the sounds of laughter and music as the riverboat chugged through. Powerful paddles churned the water, providing a steady backdrop to the noises of celebration that filtered through the reeds. The people on board paid no heed to their surroundings. They were bound for the city of Gardilou, but in the meantime, they were determined to enjoy themselves as much as possible. Manford leaned against the railing, surveying the crowd with a gleam in his eye. His pose was casual, one arm draped across the top of the rail, his long legs crossed in front of him. It was as he intended. He blended into the background in spite of his unusual appearance. It wasn't just his ginger hair. His clothes hung loosely from a remarkably slender frame. Well-kept stubble lined an angular jaw, which ended at the base of ears too pointed to be fully human yet too broad to be fully elven. Even his eyes, shaped like a human's but colored a startling green, hinted at his mixed ancestry. The half-elf had ventured to the top deck of the riverboat on purpose. He had noted the patches and threadbare ends on the women's dresses, the way the men's shoes flapped against their soles as they danced, the red nose and the constant hiccups of one of the violinists in the band. He flipped a gold coin and caught it with an evil grin. Though they danced merrily, these people clearly wanted for something. The band struck up another tune, and suddenly Manford was no longer by the railing. Instead, a crown of red hair could be seen bobbing this way and that through the crowd, never still for more than a moment. A more discerning eye might have also noticed the work of two pale hands, which darted in and out of pockets and which, Excuse me! As it happened, there was a more discerning eye. A woman clutched at her purse, and Manford faltered. It would be difficult to deny what he was doing, given that the woman had essentially pried her purse directly from his hands. She gazed at him distrustfully, and her lips twitched, as if about to shout for help. Think, Manford. Official guards might be few and far between on the top deck of the Delta Queen, but there were plenty of rough-looking fellows that might prove quite eager to jump to the lady's defense, official or not. Just as she seemed about to say something, an idea entered his head. 
He gave a broad smile and a bow, and let a gold coin slip between his thumb and forefinger. I believe you dropped this, ma'am. Again, an expression of suspicion. This time, however, the lady checked furtively around as if she were the guilty one. I suppose I might have. The half-elf's green eyes sparkled as she took the coin. This was more fun than simply placing the coins and leaving. Far more fun. For this had been Manford's evil plan all along. Redistribution. He had gold, they had none. He re-entered the crowd, and more than once chuckled wickedly as victim after unsuspecting victim fell prey to the same ruse that had tricked the woman. What simple folk these were. What a shame they would no longer be so poor. A fellow rogue might have shaken their head in dismay as Manford delivered gold to no fewer than twenty people. However, as Manford departed, headed for the middle deck, his intentions were more properly roguish. The middle deck was a similar scene of lively music and dancing, but in addition to this was gambling and a central table heaped with food. Here there were attentive waiters and surly straight-backed guards. The clientele of the middle deck was of better breeding than the top deck. Better wealth? Certainly better clothes. They casually toyed with jewelry so that it would wink in the ship's lanterns, preened, and spoke to one another in affected tones. Amidst the finery, there were certain people who appeared out of place. One was a woman engaged in earnest conversation with a waiter. Though her dress was perfectly appropriate, it revealed muscular arms as if she was no stranger to hard labor or even battle. And no true human had eyes that shade of gold. So these crabs are from the city itself? The angeling was asking the waiter. The waiter was accustomed to serving a variety of passengers on the riverboat. He was polite enough not to gawk at the angeling, even though he had never before encountered someone with an angel in their bloodline. Beyond her eyes, and the silver hair that fell to her waist, she seemed to be just another hungry passenger. The crabs are from Gardy Lou, she clarified. Please support us and pick up your copy of A Bully Good Time from audible.com and tell your friends about us. Thank you.